0: You're listening to Setting the Pace, your go-to Pacers podcast, with Alex
1: Golden and Michael Fachi. McConnell pushing again, gets underneath, finds Sabonis for the dunk and the That's ball! That's it. That's it,
2: Sabonis. Take it right at him.
0: Karis avert. people don't realize how good he
1: really is. vert, skies high for the
0: jam. We go Brogdon for three. Warren lets it fly. Yes! T.J. Warren is not human! Well, you got it sitting the base, and I think that's terrific.
2: All right, everybody. It is 6.02. We are already getting tons of notifications in right now on what is going on. I'm joined by Mike Focci to discuss what is happening right now in terms of free agency. Focci, lots of moves being made right now.
1: Man, it is going to be an eventful stretch during this podcast. Alex and I, we were wondering, hey, you know, if we start at 6 o'clock, does that give us enough time? But the second 6 o'clock hit, it's flooding in with agreements.
2: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, so far, Fauci, we've seen some interesting stuff. Lonzo Ball, it appears, is looking to go to the Chicago Bulls. Shamsharani, that was the first thing he tweeted out. Then Woj came in and said it is actually a sign-and-trade agreement with the Bulls, according to his agent, Rich Paul. So we'll be interested to see what happens there. But it looks like the Dallas Mavericks have acquired or re-signed Tim Hardaway Jr. and Boban Marjanovic Sofaci. A lot of stuff going on here.
1: A lot of stuff going on, Alex. I know you held out hoping that Lonzo could end up being a Pacer. And look, you started getting me on board as well as plenty of other people. Then they started even saying Pacers could be a dark horse in there. So I did hold out a little bit of hope, but Lonzo has been linked to Chicago for you know quite a bit. It seems like they were able to get a, a deal done. I imagine Lloyd Marketing was the guy that I kept hearing his name being thrown around. So he could be on the move, but we don't know for sure yet. Um, I think it's a great pickup for Chicago. I do think that Lonzo and Zach Levine could be a good duo together. Uh, unfortunately, the Pacers division central just gets that much better.
2: Yeah. And it looks like we have free agent. Mike Conley has agreed to a three year, $68 million deal to return to the Utah jazz along with free agent guard, Will Barton has finalized an agreement to re-sign with the Denver nuggets on a two year, $32 million deal. League sources tell Yahoo sports with Chris Haynes. So a lot of stuff going on here so far. We'll keep these notifications going, but I want to look at this Indiana Pacers team right now, Fachi. You talked about it. Lonzo Ball was the guy that we had speculated. Maybe they could do a sign-and-trade for Lonzo. That looks like it is completely done with, will not be happening. Pacer fans are getting themselves psyched up for the possibility of Lonzo Ball here, but I don't know how you're feeling, but, but personally for me, I just feel like while I want a trade to be made, I want this team to change a little bit and not run it back with, the same five insert, you know, Laverde for what would have been Oladipo, but that same five that we've been looking at for years, just the double big to me has just been something that I'm surprised is something this team continues to run back. And it just feels like that is what's going to happen to me anyway this offseason. Are you feeling any
1: different? No, I'm not. I mean, look, like it feels like it's ran its course. Sure, we have not seen the team healthy yet. I know, I know the front office kind of hammers that into us. But here's the thing, Alex. That center market, it's dried up quick. It's like the Sahara Desert out here. There is not that many suitors outside of it. It feels like the Knicks are very interested. We heard Jay Michael report that yesterday. That the Knicks are very aggressive trying to get Miles Turner. But, Alex, what do they really have to offer? I mean, the Pacers, Kevin Pritchard, famous words, we're not going to just make a trade just to make a trade. They're not going to dump Turner. That would make no sense at all. So, what can we really get back in exchange for a big? I mean, we're, we're flush with them. After bringing in Isaiah Jackson, still having Goga. Alex, they have four centers on this roster. You know, you assume that Brima is obviously, you know, moving on. But, you know, I think that goes without saying, but I'm going to say it. Uh, so we have just way too many bigs on this team. And, and I just, man, I do not know what the plan is other than to run it back.
2: Yeah, as soon as I saw Mason Plumley get traded on draft night to the Charlotte Hornets, I really felt like, okay, the center market is drying up completely. And I mean, I, I hate to say it because we saw in the week earlier, Jonas Valanciunas goes to New Orleans. Then you got Steven Adams going to Memphis. It just feels like there's so much going on right now in terms of centers that teams do not want to do a trade for a center, they don't want to pay centers big money unless they feel like they're, you know, worthy of it. And I'm not saying Turner's not worthy of his contract, but what I'm saying is teams who do not prioritize that in free agency, I mean, look at the draft. Evan Mobley was the only big man to go in the lottery. Yep. So it, I think it's just kind of showing you where this where this league is at. And I think that's why a lot of Pacer fans are like, hey, you know, we need to get ourselves off of this double big, you know, Lineup that we've been running because the league is getting away from it. I don't really know what's going to happen here in terms of other teams that could need a center, but you mentioned the New York Knicks, a team that's wanted him for in the last couple of years. He also mentioned in the offseason Minnesota could want him. We haven't heard anything from Minnesota and him, so that could be something that comes up later. But in terms of New York, like they have nothing. What do you want? You know, what are they going to give us? Kevin Knox? You know, OB Toppin's a project. The Pacers aren't going to want to do that. You know, the only thing I could realistically think of is like a sign and trade of Reggie Bullock for Miles Turner with picks attached to it. Like, but that doesn't seem like something the Pacers would do. I mean, even though Reggie Bullock had a good year last year, it's just not something that I think makes a whole lot of sense. So we'll have to see what what's going on here. But I think this Pacers team is going to probably run it back, make a minor move here if they don't get T.J. McConnell. Re-sign. They could go that route. I know there's been some rumors about Lou Williams, Nicholas Batum, but I think they're going to mostly run it back with this core. And if it doesn't seem to succeed by the time the, um, the the playoffs or the deadline comes, excuse me, the deadline,
1: the trade deadline, I think that they could make a move around that time. They very well could. And Alex, I want to, I want to address that Lou Williams rumor right now. I mean, what, part of you thinks that Lou Williams is going to take a cheap contract to come to the Pacers when he said that he almost retired going to the Hawks where he's from. So it it just felt like it it was uh, why would Lou Williams want to be the veteran presence off the bench on a minimum deal? I've heard that floated around when he could go to a contender and be that. So,
2: yeah, I, 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 I don't know. John Hollinger had that in his article for the athletic and it said, and it was a very short sentence. It was like Lou Williams could be going to the Pacers on a minimum deal. And I'm thinking a minimum deal for Lou Williams is to be a third string point guard. Man, what's gotten, you know, I know his value has gone down over the years, but that just was a little bit crazy.
1: It, it really does. And and not that I have any inside source on what Lou Williams would do, but I feel like Lou Williams would probably rather retire than just be the third string, not really playing each night point guard on the Pacers at this point in his career. So you could you could be that on the Lakers, you know? Yeah. So it, it just, I don't see that happening. Maybe that's a leveraging tactic to get more money elsewhere to drive up some interest. Um, Batum, hey, we've talked about Batum on the show before that I think Batum could be a great fit on the Pacers. Uh, I really do. Not sure what the money would be, but, uh, you know, I feel like he's coming off of a minimum deal, still making about $9 million from Charlotte. So I don't think that money's going to be an issue. But, Alex, we also have an update on uh, what the Chicago Bulls sign and trade deal is involving Lonzo Ball, Thomas Sadaransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick going to New Orleans.
2: Yeah, it's not much.
1: That is not much at all. Pretty much what you can find in your couch if you're digging through your cushions. I am surprised. That <laughs> That's New so Orleans... harsh, watching It is. It is. But, I mean, come on. What, what are we doing here in New Orleans? I mean, we've heard that Kyle Lowry, it feels like it's, quote, All but done going to Miami. So, what is New Orleans' plan at point guard? It's puzzling. I I would have
2: just, I would have just matched that offer.
1: Why not? I mean, you're talking about it's, it's about $21 million a year. I think that that's, that's a very fair deal for Lonzo. I do think he's going to take a step forward, but you're going to tell me and be honest, is that deal better than a Malcolm Brogdon sign and trade? Well, that,
2: that, well, I'm sure the Pelicans would much rather have Brogdon, but at the end of the day, this all came down to where Lonzo signed at. So that's up to Lonzo. So Lonzo says, I want to play in Chicago with Zach Levine, which makes a lot of sense. He's a guy that, you know, Lonzo, we talked about it. He doesn't have to be the primary ball handler. He can play off ball. And I think that Zach Levine likes playing with the ball in his hands. So, you know, I think the backcourt duo of Lonzo and Zach Levine could be really enticing. They got Vucevic. They've also got Patrick Williams. And then they can potentially make some other moves. There has been some rumblings that DeMar DeRozan, could go to Chicago and fill them out with that starting five. Now I don't necessarily know if that makes a whole lot of sense, but um, we're getting some we're getting some news here recently from Woj. Looks like the Knicks have agreed to three uh, or two three-year deals. One for Alec Burks for thirty million dollars over three years, and then it looks like a three-year deal for Nerlens Noel at thirty-two million dollars. So, man, interesting. Nerlens Noel goes back to the Knicks for thirty-two million dollars, and they also get Alec Burks. Uh, in addition to that, Jamichael Green has signed a two-year $17 million deal to return to the Denver Nuggets. So there's just a lot of moving pieces right now. I just, the Knicks, man, I, I don't like anything that they really have
1: to offer. And just like that, the center market got a little bit more dry. I mean, Nerlens Noel, I mean, a guy who really rejuvenated his career last year in New York, he was going to be making you know, just over $10 million now. That, that's not pennies. So I know New York had a lot of money to spend, just upwards of $50 million. But, you know, you just think about Alec Burks coming back at $10 million per year. Noella, basically $10 million per year. I mean, that's uh, – that, that Turner market, it, it's drying up a bit. So, you know, and you mentioned Jermichael Green. That's a guy who I've been interested in for a while. The Pacers have just never been able to get the deal done there. So looks like that's not going to happen. Um, you know, I held out a small small bit of hope one day. Yeah. but. Also, you know, at that point, I'm fine with him re-signing in Denver. Uh, it's just uh, – and then Jared Allen um, signing his five-year, $100 million deal um, with that uh, Cavaliers,
2: yeah.
1: I-, I thought that was – hey, that's a good move for when you think about that whole trade that went down with Harden. I mean, the Cavs ended up being able to get Jared Allen and, and get him signed. So I think they made out pretty well in that deal. And Pacers getting LaVert. I think it was a-, a trade that really, truly benefited everybody except for uh, the Rockets in the end.
2: Right. Yeah, I mean, good grief, the Rockets. Let's not even get started with them. They're they're delusional. So Jared Allen, interesting, though, that he goes for $100 million for five years. They just drafted Evan Mobley. They're going double big here, so the Pacers might be convinced because the Cavs are going double big. The Pacers should go double big. Um, I'm kidding, of course. But I I do think that with Cleveland bringing on Jared Allen, that's a good pickup for me. He's a nice young player. Gets them a little bit more depth at the center position. They get a young talent they can build around with their young core. We'll still keep an eye on Colin Sexton and see what they do with him because there's still rumors about him being traded. I know before um, free agency today, Ricky Rubio a couple days ago was traded to the Cavaliers. So just kind of interesting to see what's going on here in the league. I just – none of these moves are earth-shattering. It's just kind of like, oh, okay. And, And I'm honestly looking at some of these contracts and I'm like, I'm really glad I'm not playing, paying Nerlens Noel, 3 years starting two million dollars. I just, you know, I'd rather I'd rather pay what I'm paying Turner, even though it's a little bit more. I just think Turner's a better player overall. Um, Alec Burks, I felt like that's, I mean, he had a good season, but not like I, I don't know. Is is ten million dollars for uh, a year for Alec Burks too much?
1: It's anything more than that would have raised some eyebrows. At ten million dollars for a team that had the most cap to spend, sure, but they, 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 it's, it's fine. But they overpaid on Nerlens Noel. Yes, he was a good rim protector last year, but he was on a one-year, five million dollar deal last year for them. I thought that was great value. He exceeded mm-hmm. that for sure. But three years, thirty-two million. Ah, man. The Knicks. Knicks started out by uh, cutting into some cap space real quick.
2: Kelly Olynyk has agreed to a three-year, thirty-seven million dollar deal with the Detroit Pistons. <laughs>
1: wow, that is amazing. Because Rockets fans kept. All they could say is we like Olenek way better. That Oladipo Depot trade was great. What are you talking about? We're probably gonna keep him. And it's like they ended up drafting a couple bigs, so I get it, but uh just the fact that Kelly Olenek immediately signed elsewhere is just a, a bit comical uh, <laughs> against Rockets fans.
2: The Pistons Pistons crack me up, man. They get they get all these centers last year and then they trade Mason Plumley. Then they get Kelly Olenek. I mean, I think Olenek's a much better upgrade over Mason Plumley. But it's just funny to me to see how many centers they're, they're going after. and I mean, $37 million for three years, you're looking at $12.3 million per season. Yep. That's, that's decent money for Kelly O'Linick. I mean, good for him, but, yeah, that's a little bit odd there to me. I was not expecting that signing, number one, to happen, number two, this early. So the biggest news that we missed so far, Fachi, is Jimmy Butler is expected to reach a four-year max deal. With the Miami Heat. 184 million. 184 million. How old is Jimmy Butler right now?
1: I want, I want to say that, I mean, he's in his low 30s. I'll get you that exact number. But, uh, you know, while while I'm digging for that, Alex, is there any chance – I get it, Miami absolutely had to do this deal. Is there any chance he's going to be able to live up to this deal, though?
2: Yeah, he's 31 years old, Flatchy. Sorry for cutting no you words right there. I was looking it up while you were talking – um, oh, breaking news! The Pacers have come to terms with T.J. McConnell. League sources tell Indie Star Sports. So T.J. McConnell, like many anticipated, will be coming back for the Indiana Pacers. Now we'll have to see what gets reported, but that is being reported by Jay Michael. But anyway, back to your question about Jimmy Butler. I think he can live up to the contract. I mean, Jimmy Butler is pretty good. I think there's possibility that he could. But they got Bam Adebayo. They're expected to make a sign and trade move for Kyle Lowry. I'm sure Kyle Lowry is probably going to get at least three years on that deal yep. because it is a sign and trade. So you have Lowry, you have Butler, you have Adebayo. You probably re sign Duncan Robinson. They've got a good core down there in Miami. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily like earth shattering. And I'm not sitting here thinking, oh man, they're going to be, you know, Eastern Conference contenders. I think they'll be fine. But I look at Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and you know maybe Philly, but there's some question marks there. But that's that's where I'm curious at. So uh, nothing significant yet has come out in terms of the contract details. Mark Stein did retweet J Michael's tweet on that. Oh, the uh, it's been updated here, Fachi, on the Mike Conley contract. It's actually 72.
1: Whoa, it's bigger now. <laughs>
2: yeah, seventy-two point five on a three-year deal. So that's, that's interesting. So let's take a quick break. Maybe when we come back, we can get the details on that TJ McConnell contract. We'll be right back after this.
1: Yo, 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 it's your boy Focci. And if you enjoy listening to setting the pace, then what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than blue wire hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all the listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team, the Pacers, then make your voice heard and hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application in today. To apply to bwhustle.com/slash join. So check out the description in the box of this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Let's go Pacers.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
2: All right. So we don't have any updates on the T.J. McConnell contract details, but he is coming back. I don't want to overlook this. Fauci. I want to spend a segment talking about T.J. McConnell and how he fits into Rick Carlisle's system and just the type of player that he is. So what are your thoughts on T.J. McConnell coming back?
1: Well, oh, my, my thoughts are the second that Aaron Holiday was moved, it, it I think everybody was collectively on board. The Pacers are bringing back T.J. McConnell. It felt like –
2: Whoa, Vachi, we got a breaking news. T.J. McConnell has agreed to a four-year, $35 million deal to return to the Indiana, sources tell The Athletic.
1: Wow, just like that. We were waiting on it. So it <laughs> is below the mid-level exception. So it's going to be averaged out at $8.75 million instead of the nine point five. So interesting. Uh, So um, it sounds like they were able to really sign him inside of the cap space that they have. So they have preserved the mid level. So uh, that's going to be very interesting. Curious to see what they do with that. Uh, At 8.75, Alex, I like it. I I do. We knew McConnell was due a raise. You know, he made, I want to say it was like three and a half million last year. He completely outperformed that deal. So, I mean, in a perfect world, like, could you have? Hope that he may be re-signed for six or seven, sure. But his 8.75, I don't think anyone's going to say that the Pacers drastically overpaid for TJ McConnell by any means.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit more than I expected, that's for sure. I was thinking 6 to $7 million range. We got about $2 million more than that. So, okay, that's not bad. I mean, look, at this point, if you're looking at the point guard situation, there's a lot of good free agent point guards, but they're going quickly. This is a guy that this team has invested in. He's earned it. He came in here two years ago thinking to be the third-string point guard. This is kind of the – T.J. McConnell and what he became, I think what they anticipated him being is what they're probably going to address in free agency as well, that third-string point guard. We talked about it with Lou Williams. um, That's kind of what I think people were anticipating T.J. McConnell's would be was that mentor type of player to an Aaron Holiday. And like you said, once Aaron Holiday was traded, it made nothing but all the sense in the world for him to come back so I, I like it. I, I was never opposed to him coming back. All I was ever opposed to was the idea of some people saying he should be the starting point guard uh, and put LaVert on the bench. I thought that was a bit extreme out there, but I, I do like the idea of McConnell on this team. I think he's going to be a huge
1: part of what Rick Carlisle likes to do. I see JJ Bure at 2.0 right here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the the Berea comparison is great to know because obviously, you know, he was a big part of uh, Rick Carlisle for, you know, the Mavs for quite some time. I think the money is appropriate. You know, I think you and I were both on board. Hey, maybe six or seven million would have been in a perfect world. But at the same point, hey, they, they got this deal done very quickly. I think that McConnell took solid steps forward, you know, the last two years, but last year in specific. I do think, or maybe more, I hope that he can continue to get better. He's got to add that three-point shot to his game at some point. Last year was like a, a tad bit more noticeable that that he added some three-point shooting to his game, but he still has a long way to go. Uh, but defensively, and you know, from an energy standpoint, I mean, TJ McConnell brought it every single night. You knew he was an important locker room guy. And, you know, I just think that he's – every team wishes they could have about 15 guys with the same type of heart that T.J. McConnell brings to the table each and every night.
2: Yeah, the one thing that you love about T.J. McConnell is there's no quitting him. I mean, down by 20 points with 30 seconds left, he is going to go all out unless he cannot catch his breath like we saw in that Knicks game when he played like the full 48 minutes. So I, I think with McConnell, this is a guy that's a leader. He was a guy that was the only one that kind of stood up for Nate Bjorken to the media. He was positive, always tried to put a positive spin on things. I, I really like his leadership and what he brings to this team. So, yeah, I mean, everybody anticipated this was going to be the move. There's also been rumblings about maybe a Jeremy Lamb trade to kind of get off his contract. I think they could possibly trade Jeremy Lamb and still resign Doug McDermott. But if we do that, it's just going to become a very, very, very crowded Rotation with all of these players here. So, with TJ McConnell back, you now have your point guard in Brogdon and your backup point guard in TJ McConnell. And now, looking at the backup wings or the, or the shooting guard small forwards, you've got Duarte, you've got Keelan Martin, who's still on the books, you've got Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, Edmund Sumner. There's a lot of guys that are going to be wanting some playing time, Foch, and I just don't know how we go about building this rotation.
1: There is quite the logjam. Alex, by the day, it feels apparent that Jeremy Lamb is not coming back to this team. I do think that he's going to be dumped for, for really not much. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if you're going to go back to old OKC who took TJ Leaf off of our hands and be like, hey, look, you know, what, what can we do? Can we can we strap, you know, two future second round picks if it really comes to it? I don't know what it's really going to take. I don't know if you're going to have to attach Edmund Sumner just to get rid of Jeremy Lamb, is that too much in your mind? What was that again, Fachi? Is it too much if you have to attach Edmund Sumner and his expiring deal to Jeremy Lamb just to get rid of him?
2: No, I don't think so. And quite frankly, this is going to be a very controversial comment, but I think that Edmund Sumner should be out of the rotation. I think Chris Duarte should immediately get his minutes at that backup shooting guard. One, I feel like Duarte is a guy they invested in heavily by drafting him 13th overall a lot of teams want to do our tape from reports that we heard so I really just believe that hey Edmund Sumner is a guy that's got one year left on an expiring deal they picked up his option he definitely earned it so yeah you reward the guy by picking up his option but if you can consolidate and trade him and Lamb and get something back in return that makes more sense for the team then you do it. But I mean, I'm all in on Duarte getting minutes there at that two-guard position. I feel like that is exactly what they drafted him for, was to be able to play three and D. And while Sumner's three-point shot has improved, this is what Duarte does. He is a lights-out shooter, and I want to see what he can do. I don't want him to be buried on the bench as a third-string guy.
1: You do not draft the oldest guy in the draft just to just sit him and wait and slowly bring him along. He's got to be a guy in the rotation. I mean, I remember – Right when he got drafted, they were saying things like, oh, you know, Carlisle thinks he should be able to crack the rotation. It's like, crack the rotation? What? We need to be giving this guy minutes. So I do think Edmund Sumner's been that guy that I think that he's, he's on such a cheap deal and that he has gotten better that I do think it's more appealing if, if you're just looking to dump Jeremy Lamb. But, Alex, if, when it comes down to it, who do you think is more likely to be attached? Goga or Edmund Sumner? Oh, Edmund Sumner
2: for sure. I, I mean, think, I I think so. I, I threw out the idea of maybe like Goga and Jeremy Lamb for that, and I was just like, I mean, the only reason I would do that, and I want to explain this, is if the Pacers feel like, hey, we're gonna basically play Domas and Miles three minutes together as starters, and then we're gonna stagger their minutes and gonna let them run that rotation that way. I mean, that's one way you you can make it work, is if you just if you just do that. But anyway, we got some reporting here. It looks like. Duncan Robinson has agreed to a five-year, $90 million contract to stay with the Miami Heat. And also the Miami Heat have acquired Kyle Lowry in and in a sign-in trade. Kyle Lowry has put it on his Instagram, Miami Heat by Kyle Lowry. Let's go. That was shared by Woj and Mark Stein. So looks like Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, go into the Miami Heat, Fachi. But yeah, I just, back to what I was saying here in terms of the Pacers and what they could be doing with Gogo or Edmund Sumner, like, you have to really weigh your options here because like you said, they drafted Isaiah Jackson. This is a guy that I think he could be the Jakar Sampson replacement, but it also does not feel like he is a guy that's going to be ready to play right away. So you kind of let him sit for the next couple of years and maybe by the end of miles, miles Turner's contract, they feel like, Hey, we want to give Isaiah Jackson a chance to run. And we don't want to have to overpay for a center, especially knowing that they're going to have brogdon coming up and Levert coming up for uh extensions at that point that's where i think they could have leaned and dipped a little bit into this isaiah jackson draft pick only because of the future of that so what are your thoughts on that
1: barring any injuries i don't see isaiah jackson playing much this year at all however i do think that the pacers got a steal in picking jackson he was a guy well, that
2: breaking news fachi what do you got Free agent Torrey Craig has agreed to a two-year $10 million deal with the Indiana Pacers.
1: Wow. Wow. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I Out of left not, field, Foch. I did not hear Tory Craig linked pretty much anywhere. Um, but, hey, $5 million per year. I thought that's someone who played pretty well at Phoenix um, last year. I mean, he could shoot the three ball at a somewhat decent rate, basically about 37% for Phoenix. Last year, shot 50% from the field in his 32 games with Phoenix. Look, not going to lie, you're not getting a, you know, overly great player here, but you are getting a rotational guy that you can plug in that, you know, could contribute from day one. But another, you know, guard forward. So come on, there's got to be a move unloading Jeremy Lamb at any point because it's getting crowded quickly. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, another guy to add to that small forwards uh, <laughs> shooting guard class right there, Torrey Craig. Well, he's not getting traded, obviously. So there's going to be some moves. I mean, I'll keep my eye on things. We'll, we'll be hearing more Pacer stuff, I'm sure. But Torrey Craig, I think this is a guy that maybe could correct the rotation. I don't know, though. <laughs> it just seems like, you know, you give him two years for $10 million, it doesn't seem like he can necessarily be playing right away. But that's around the same amount of money that Justin Holiday is
1: making. It really is. I mean, I'm still a little bit shocked by this because, you know, when you're talking about like, Hey, you know, maybe this guy can correct rotation. Why are you going to sign him this quickly if you don't have plans for him? So I just feel like when you, when you make him clearly a priority, they got this deal done, you know, ASAP. There's got to be a move ahead because there is just so many mouths to feed right now in Indiana, assuming that obviously they're going to guarantee O'Shea Brissett's deal, which we all expect. I mean, the Pacers were going to have uh, – it was going to be about 13 guaranteed contracts. Really not much room. You, know, you bring back McConnell. You're bringing Toy Craig. I mean, right now, it kind of feels like Doug McDermott is not coming back. By, by the, the hour, it feels more apparent.
2: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see it, Foch. I really I don't. I
1: cannot see Doug McDermott coming back in any scenario. And if you're going to unload Jeremy Lamb, just like we mentioned – you're not going to just trade Jeremy Lamb. Someone's going to be attached to it. So I feel like Edmund Sumner could be that odd man out. And then you also turn your attention to Keelan Martin, his $1.7 Oh, just in. Doug McDermott has agreed to a three-year, $42 million deal with the San Antonio Spurs. All
2: right. Well, that was not the place I expected Doug to go. Did not get the uh, sign-and-trade done, but I think San Antonio – Man, that's a weird fit,
1: bro. I don't know how I feel about that. I think he makes sense under Pop, but wow, that's different. Hey, he makes sense. I mean, San Antonio is a, a team that is losing DeMar DeRozan. They're going to lose Rudy Gay. I'm sure they might have a few other guys that maybe might have their contracts up. But McDermott getting $14 million per year. You know, we talked about it on the show that, hey, he could be getting anywhere from 12 to 15. So at $14 million, hey, hey, I want to bring this up. I remember you laughed at me initially when I said he could get fifteen million a while back. And then yeah. I, I I crept it down to like around thirteen. So he comes in at fourteen million dollars. Hey, great for Doug McDermott, a guy who essentially doubled his his contract with the Pacers. I mean, he had signed for a three year twenty one million dollar deal, and you know, look at him now. He earned that money. Uh, that is a deal that it would have been a, a bit aggressive if the Pacers matched fourteen million dollars for Doug McDermott on this roster. I think it would have been a bit too much.
2: Oh, yeah. And no, that's why they had to let him go. I mean, it was pretty obvious this was what was going to happen in terms of not being able to retain Doug McDermott. He was really good. Oh, man, more breaking news. Chris Paul reaches uh, agreement with Phoenix on a four-year, $120 million contract that will expire when he's 40 years old, Focci.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow. I did not think he was going to get a deal past three years. Clearly, he knew what he was doing, opting out of that player option I mean, I can't think of really anyone that would turn down $44 million, but Chris Paul knew exactly what he had in store. And the deal actually helps out Phoenix re-sign guys like Aiton and others. But, whoa, a 40-year-old Chris Paul making about $30 million per year, that is a scary sight.
2: Yeah, I got to catch my breath, Fachi, and think about everything that just transpired. So let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about once again, the addition of Tory Craig, T.J. McConnell, and the departure of Doug McDermott. We'll be right back after this. All right, Vachi. So just kind of to recap things here, Doug McDermott has signed a deal with the San Antonio Spurs. He will not be an Indiana Pacer anymore. But the Pacers have agreed to deals with T.J. McConnell. They have re-signed him. They've also added Tory Craig. Bobby Marks has a great tweet here talking about both of these signings. He says, Indiana is right at the luxury tax with the McConnell and Craig contracts. 15 players under contract, but two of them are non-guarantees. Those two non-guaranteed contracts are Keelan Martin and O'Shea Brissett. I would be dumbfounded if we let go of Brissett, but I think Keelan Martin could be a guy that they do cut. In addition to this, they could look to offload Jeremy Lamb, similar to how they offloaded T.J. Leaf last year by attaching maybe one or two second-round picks Um, and acquiring a player back. Maybe OKC could be another team that takes on this deal because they did that favor for us last year. But I think the Pacers will probably want to get away a little bit from that and open up another uh, roster spot where they
1: can bring somebody in. Alex, this Pacers roster is about as crowded as Lollapalooza was over the weekend. I mean, there is just nowhere to move for these guys. And I think that Keelan Martin is going to unfortunately be someone who's going to be – Of a casualty of this, um, his 1.7 million dollars would become guaranteed on August 7th, so later on this week. At this point, I can't see them picking that up. O'Shea Brissett, it would stun me if the Pacers did not pick up that contract because he he was such a steal, completely outperformed what he's getting paid, and is 100% worth it. So Tory Craig really came out of nowhere. Once they made that move, they clearly had plans for him. Jeremy Lamb has to be offloaded. I really do think that the Pacers are going to look to, sure, you know, they, they traded about four second-round picks to, to acquire that 31st overall pick. So you still have a few, a few second-round picks, but I'm wondering if you're going to try and attach Edmund Sumner to, you know, Jeremy Lamb because Sumner is someone that can contribute right now if you're a team like OKC – But there is just no room for Jeremy Lamb right now on this Pacers team. It's $10.5 million. It's not the biggest contract to take on. So I feel like it is possible to move that contract. But there's just just too much going on right now. You know the Pacers aren't going to pay the tax. They still have the mid-level exception left. So there's a couple questions here, and there's just not enough roster spots for this team. No, there isn't. (laughs) I feel bad for Jeremy
2: Lamb because it's like this guy played really well when Victor Lodipo was absent, was that nice fifth starter for us for a while, and then unfortunately he got hurt, really bad injury in Toronto, and it might have completely altered his career. I mean, I'm not sure if he'll ever come back and be the same player that he once was. I'm hoping that he can be, but defensively he was such a liability last year On the court, like it was so bad. Like he was good offensively for about a week or two that we were actually campaigning for him as the sixth win of the year guy because his offensive numbers were just through the roof. They put him in the starting lineup and then things just went straight downhill from there for the Pacers. And I think we overlooked how bad of a defender he is. And so the Pacers talked about we've got to hang our hat on defense, we got to get back to playing defensive basketball. You let McDermott go, he's not a good defender. You bring in Tory Craig, that is what he is known for. T.J. McConnell is a scrapper. Chris Duarte, a defensive-minded player. Isaiah Jackson, who they drafted as well, is a defensive-minded player. You can see which way the Pacers are trying to build this roster. They're going to want to win games a little bit more ugly, I think, next
1: season. Hey, I'm fine with that because uh, it was ugly what we watched last year. I mean, and not in the the way that we're asking for. We're asking for a different type of ugly. And I think the Pacers were disgusted what they saw on the court last year. The theme that you mentioned, it's not a coincidence. The Pacers clearly had a design to get defensive-minded guys, get guys that contribute on both ends of the floor. Troy Craig, more known for his defense, but still shot very efficiently with Phoenix last year. Um, so I, I like what they're doing so far. You had to get back to that defensive identity or at least meet somewhere in the middle. You could not just become a completely offensive minded team because we're not able to compete with, you know, the Brooklyn Nets or the Milwaukee Bucks of the NBA when it comes to putting up 120 points per game and getting stops. I mean, I know the Nets really weren't doing that, but the Pacers weren't stopping anyone last year. So, so far, I, I like what we're doing. Um I do think that there's, there's still some some question marks here, but I, I think that that's going to happen over the next few days. I think the Pacers are making calls to to trade Jeremy Lamb, but I don't think that's going to be an instant thing that happens right when free agency opens up.
2: Yeah, you're going to have to kind of see how the market falls the place and where the money is at because it'll probably be a team that has some extra cap space that could take him on or a team that might convince themselves that, hey, Jeremy Lamb might actually be a guy that can help us. So I think personally for me, I am fine with what's happened so far for the Pacers and free agency. I think everything was kind of expected aside from the Tory Craig stuff. The Aaron Holiday trade, we expected that. We talked about Jeremy Lamb being traded all last season. So really the only thing that hasn't happened that I think some people thought might happen is they could trade one of the starters. That might happen, but I, I the more and more I think about it, Focci, the more and more I think they're going to try to run this core back together for the most part. And if things aren't working well, make a move by the deadline. I really am just sticking with that. It's what my gut's telling me on the inside. I don't think, while I'm excited and would love to see some splashy moves for the fun of it, I just don't necessarily, one, see a splashy move that the Pacers can make. Or, number two, a team, you know, be willing to part with guys that would make us better to take on what we would send back in return.
1: Yeah, I'm willing to settle at this point for using the mid-level exception uh, and just calling it a day. I I don't really know who we would use it on. We talked offline. Guy like Otto Porter is still out there that is looking for the mid-level exception. It feels like a bargain compared to how drastically overpaid he was from that deal that he uh, signed with Washington. However, Otto has been linked to the Nets, so that could be tough. Um, Then you're looking at other guys out there like Danny Green, another 3 and D guy, but if you're going to bring in Danny Green, you better be finding a way to get some other guys out there. So like we mentioned, we keep coming back to this log jam, and I just feel like it's not going to be maybe the sexiest of all seasons, but the fact that the Pacers' big move was probably bringing in Rick Carlisle. I mean, I think that the fact when you couple in Rick Carlisle and that coaching staff plus a guy like Chris Duarte that I think that can be, you know, good for this Pacers team or at least, you know, someone that can contribute. Then you start to add in, you know, you bring in TJ McConnell back where it would have been a big loss if you lost McConnell and McDermott. It it feels like, just like you mentioned, that's probably where we're at. I do think that they'll make, um, I don't think they're going to shake anything up yet. Look, we, we talked about it. The the center market, it's just not there. It's not. The Pacers are not going to look to just, you know, shake things up in a negative way. They're not just going to say, hey, Miles Turner, uh, yeah, you were great. We have too many bigs, so uh, see you later. We're just going to take, you know, pennies on the dollar. That doesn't make sense. It, if you ride it out until the deadline and then revisit things, the market could be completely different for centers. But for now, the unfortunately, guys like Goga are are kind of out of luck. And guys like Isaiah Jackson, I mean, you, you can't even – don't even take a look at the court because it's, it does not seem like it's going to be this year at all. Yeah, no,
2: it's hard to tell with Carlisle. He doesn't play young guys, so that's Never kind does. of where you, you think, well, they drafted Chris Duarte. He said in the presser that he believes he would actually be a guy that could play right away. So I'm, I'm just kind of curious to see where in the world this whole entire rotation gets gets figured out because Torrey Craig is a guy that I think could play small ball for, but do I think he's better than O'Shea set? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think I, so he, he's probably at the same level, but I think O'Shea's ceiling is so much higher, and I'd rather develop that and let him prove himself because he's a better shooter than Torrey Craig is overall. And I, th- I just think Torrey Craig, to me, is a guy that can really come in and play some defense. I think he's more of a, a guy that really helps this team have, like, that Sam Young depth, that guy that might not be in the nine-man rotation, but let's say you have an injury to Levert or you have an injury to TJ Warren. This is a guy you can play right away. So he's got experience. He's been on some really good teams in Milwaukee, Denver, and now Phoenix. I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table, but it's just, to me, it feels like overall this Pacers team is keeping the core together. They've made some minor moves, kind of what we anticipated. This isn't a great free agency class. So Barring they make a big trade, this is kind of the core, I think, that we're going to see together. I, I really don't envision them making a monster trade with Jeremy Lamb and Goga or Jeremy Lamb and Edmund Sumner. I could see it being more of a, you know, a salary dump somewhere, or they could wave him and stretch him over the next three years.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's probably going to be the, you know, shadow of the glass in an emergency situation because, you know, the Pacers are still paying Monte Ellis. They are about $2.5 million per year. Um, now that Jeremy Lamb $10.5 is really not that bad. If you stretch it out, you're looking at about, you know, roughly $3 million and change per year. It's not bad, but I, I still feel like you can work out a trade. You know, you should be able to work out something, but as each minute – an hour goes by, I just think to myself, man, I just don't think Jeremy Lamb's is going to be in a Pacer uniform next year. I just think it, it's kind of – he's that one guy that you know you look back on and you're just like, are we really going to pay a guy $10.5 million to not see the court? And then if he is going to see the court, then he could be doing it detrimental to Chris Yeah, I mean, this is just someone that – there's just no room for him. It's sad, like you mentioned earlier in the show, that expectations were for him to be a really good six man – just, I don't know if he's ever going to regain that form. And in, in this point, I just think the Pacers have to move on. But when you also mentioned moments ago, to, to listeners, guys, this is a really weak free agency class outside of the big names that the Pacers are not going to acquire. Like, look, we're not getting Kawhi Leonard. We obviously know we're not getting Chris Paul or Mike Conley, Kyle Lowry, even DeMar DeRozan. It's not happening. So you're left with a much lower tier of guys that, out of guys that the Patriots could afford, you're really looking at um, Bobby Portis, Danny Green, uh, just in, Jeff Green just signed with the Denver Nuggets.
2: Yeah, okay, so he got two for ten. Would you rather have Jeff Green or Torrey Craig?
1: Not even close. Jeff Green all day.
2: (laughs) I know. It makes you wonder, man, it'd be nice to get those kind of guys, right?
1: Yeah, it really does. And maybe Jeff Green just, you know, maybe he just did not have interest, but that's someone that we talked about on here that I was like, Jeff Green is not going to play for the minimum again. He's outperformed that deal year after year. So him getting bumped up to $5 million per year. It's good. He's earned it. That is the exact type of veteran that I really wanted the Pacers to acquire. So please do not tell me that toy Craig is the veteran that the Pacers were after He's 30 years old. Yes. He's been on a couple of good teams, but that's not what I, what I envisioned when I thought of a, a veteran, you know, even if it's just playing the Al Jefferson role. So I think for their last roster spot, if they are still really looking for a veteran, you know, it could be, you know, maybe like a Jared Dudley type guy, one of those who really isn't playing, but uh, I do expect Toy Craig to play more than a Jared Dudley.
2: Yeah, no, I, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think, like I said, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing to talk about because you, you just never know what moves are gonna be made right now. So we're kind of speculating based on what we know right now. So I think unless there's any major moves, Fachi, we should wrap up this podcast and maybe come back later this week and talk about any more moves the Pacers make. I think that we'll we'll see maybe one or two more moves in terms of the Indiana Pacers. But I think by getting Craig and getting McConnell, they've pretty much locked it up right now. Uh, if there's a Jeremy Lamb trade randomly tonight, maybe we can convene back together once again for a little conversation on that. But I, I say let's just wrap it up here, Futch, and kind of see what plays out the rest of the night. And any other thoughts before we wrap it up?
1: Now, just other than this, this truly is my favorite time of the year. We roll from the draft right into free agency. So much happens right away. This isn't like MLB free agency where it's spread out over a couple of months. I mean, in the NBA, they get right to it. They say six o'clock. That's a lie. Guys have been negotiating. So it's six o'clock. These deals are being agreed upon. So I love it. What a time to be a fan. And look, I know for you guys that are thinking like, oh man, the Pacers aren't gonna hit a home run. No, they're not, but they're trending in a much better direction than they were last year because it was a disaster. And I think that the Pacers right now could really only go up from there. And these these are small moves, but hey, we're hitting singles right now. It, it's better than striking out.
2: Yeah. I agree with that. I'm a I'm gonna keep my eye on Justin Holliday. You know, this is a guy that I think could one out of Indiana. I'm not sure if he does, but I'm saying he could.
1: Could, They just traded Aaron.
2: Yeah, they traded Aaron. He just saw his brother, uh, Drew, excuse me, Drew, win a championship with Milwaukee. He could say, hey, you know, if you guys find a deal, you know, I'm fine with moving on. So, oh, Reggie Bullock is nearing a deal with the Mavericks. I think that's a great fit next to Luca, 3 and D guy who had an excellent career. That's the guy that I mentioned I would like for the Pacers. I'll be interested to see how much he makes. If it's in that same boat, uh, I'll be very disappointed if it's in the same boat as what we signed Tory Craig for. And then Mo Harkless is going to the Sacramento Kings on a two year, $9 million deal. So. Now we're getting into the nitty-gritty of this stuff, Fachi.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Anytime you see the king sign someone, so I was like, oh, that's cute. No, you find you finally got someone to take some money, you know, for you guys. I mean, really, no one is going to Sacramento. So uh, if you told me that Bullock was going back to the Knicks, I would have been like, what type of championship aspirations do they think they have just re-signing everybody from last year? But uh, you know, it's interesting. I think that is a good fit in Dallas, but yeah, and uh, these these signings are going to come in all night, so we're not going to keep you waiting uh, for, for the rest of uh, the night, but we will be back with you later this week.
2: All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Fachi,
1: where can the people find us at on social media? You can find us on Twitter at SettingThePace3. You could find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I, and you could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk.
2: And at the end of the day, if you're excited that T.J. McConnell has returned to be an Indiana Pacer, say these three words. Let's go Pacers!